Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chris Talks Games. As always, I am Chris, and I'm going to talk about some games with you guys. So, yeah, let's get going with the news. Okay, so first up in the news, um, big news regarding Monster Hunter Rise. It has been confirmed to be going multi-format. Um, it was a Switch exclusive uh, for the last year and a half, effectively. Um... But as of January the 20th, it will be available on the Xbox and PlayStation consoles. Um, so Series S, X and uh, Xbox One, and PS4 and PS5. Um, and it is also going straight into Game Pass on Xbox. So for those who haven't played Monster Hunter Rise but would like to, it is going to be there for you to be able to um, jump in and enjoy. It's a game that I've really played the demo of but I've not got too stuck into but Monster Hunter is a series I do probably want to try and have a proper go at because I know a lot of my friends do enjoy it so yeah when it comes out on um yeah on Xbox Game Pass I probably will give that a download and give it a go but yeah uh, the exclusive exclusivity of Monster Hunter Rise has come to an end um, it is the initial game that's coming out on the 20th, the Sunbreak um, expansion on DLC will be coming later next year for the consoles. Um, to be interested to see how they do that in terms of well, there's a full DLC package, especially with the Xbox Game Pass version. Um, yeah, second bit of news is more to do with Game Pass. Um, the December games have been announced and the big one, which is quite a big get for Microsoft, is uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, I have played a bit of the game and it is absolutely fantastic. Really like what they've done with the games. Um, and like the change they've made for the traditional Lego Star Wars formula. Um, this is a lot of fun and to see it Come to Game Pass, we're opening up to a whole load of new people. Um, so yeah, that's one to look out for in December. Also have the likes of um, High on Life, which is the first-person shooter with input from the creators of Rick and Morty. So very kind of humorous gameplay and like the guns all talk to you and have like different characters, which is a bit bizarre. But yeah, that's going to be heading to Game Pass in the coming days as well so yeah some interesting things to look for on game pass um unfortunately thing is a game i've not spent as much time with as i should have done which is dragon crest 11 um that is leaving game pass about the 15th of december so that's one thing that's a bit of a shame i'm not going to get much chance to play more of the 
the game, unfortunately, especially with everything else I've got to play at the moment. Um, there's a little bit of heads up if you do, if you have got Dragon Quest Eleven on Game Pass or you want to try it out, you are running out of time. But you got some great looking things coming in, especially the Skywalker Saga. Should be a lot of fun for those who haven't played it. And last bit of news, we have had some sales figures from Nintendo in regards to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And they did announce this after release that the game sold over 10 million copies in three days, which is a fairly substantial number. It's one of the fastest selling Pokemon games of all time. Um, so yeah, it's doing pretty well off out of the gates. Um, as I'll get into my review section coming up and uh, there are some kind of bugs and issues that have been found in the game and um when releasing a patch this week my uh, nintendo did say that they're aware of players feedback and they will be making or continue to make improvements to the game so looks like we should have uh future patches and updates which should hopefully help to refine the the gameplay like i say the main subject today is reviewing pokemon scarlet and violet so there will be uh, my thoughts on all the performance stuff but yes over 10 million copies of scarlet and violet sold in three days which is a staggering amount and um another interesting fact in the uk pokemon violet outsold pokemon scarlet which is pretty cool as not very often that the secondary uh, skin kind of outsells the first one. What I mean by secondary is the second one in the name. So like Scarlet Violet, Sword and Shield, stuff like that. Uh, Pokemon Sword, Outsold Shield, stuff like that. Um, but Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon Violet did outsell Scarlet in the UK, which is pretty cool because that's the version that I've got. Um, but if ever, ever since I first saw the reveal trailer and the uh, and the kind of logo for the games like violet always kind of screwed out to me a bit more um yes yeah, so that's the version i went with and looks like other people had the same uh, kind of idea as me but anyway now moving on to the main part of the show okay guys so as i've mentioned in the new section um Main section today is going to be reviewing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, I'm not going to turn around and say I've completed the game or anywhere near completing the game, but I have spent a significant amount of hours with it. I have explored around quite a few things within the game. Um, I've um, experienced a lot of what you can do. Um, so yeah, I'm going to break this into a couple of sections. So it's going to be kind of... What I think of the region, what I think of the starters. Um, like the three different stories, I made a big point of three different stories in the game. Um, I'm going to go through what I like about the games, what I don't like so much about the games. Um, and like, there's anything I missed from previous games. Um, yeah, so if there's anything I dislike from previous games, I'll kind of bring it up as well. Um, and then I'll kind of do my like wrap up and conclusion of the review of the my review of the game. So yeah, starting off with the region. The region is Paldea. Um very much seems to be Spanish inspired. Um 
So it looks pretty cool. There's a wide different variety of different terrains and that you can explore. Um, also, I'm not really touched north of the map yet. Have been mainly more east and west and uh, south and south southern areas of the map. Um, so I'm going to be heading north as I progress through the story bits. Um, but it itself has got a lot of cool sites from what I've seen. Lots of, lots of terrain, like biomes. I've got lots of grasslands. Um, little seaside areas, desert areas, um, mountainous areas, so yeah, lots of different exploration bits to look at, they all look pretty cool, um, I think the thing of Paldea, I think it does have a lot of style, um, the towns themselves are pretty small, um, there's not much to the towns that you can go to, um, but it all depends what kind of money well, is because mixture between towns and cities. The city is a bit more built up. I can't remember the name of the city, but it's where the electric gym is. That's a really big coastal city. There's quite a lot of buildings around there. It's pretty nice to look at. Um, but you have the kind of um, bug gyms, kind of very, very, very small. So it's just like literally a few buildings in the gym building. Um, I do actually quite like the design of the poker centres, they are very different. Because uh, it is an open world game, they kind of sp spread them out a bit like um, petrol or gas stations. So um, you'll find them out in the open world as well as dotted around the um, main uh, kind of towns and cities. Um, they're very much put up like a... Guys, as you got like a canopy, lots of adverts going on. It was really cool aesthetic. It was quite nice, and um, you have a TM machine where you can build TMs or buy TMs. Um, the Poke Center, and then the Pokemon as well. So you can buy stuff from there. So there's three different counters as such. You got what's called the Union Circle, which is where you can do your multiplayer stuff. Um, Admittedly, I've not had a chance to get stuck into the multiplayer, so I can't comment on the multiplayer at the moment. But from speaking to the guys at Game Junkies, they said it, they found it a bit underwhelming. Um, so there you can go around with your friends and explore and everything. Um, you can't really do too much altogether, so you can't really do much in regards to stories or taking on trainers and stuff like that, so, um, so yeah, I think a lot of people kind of, or like the Game Junkies guys, did find it wasn't as engaging as they thought it would potentially be, so, um, yeah, I gave it ahead myself there, I think, really, um, obviously the starters is a big thing with Pokemon, uh, you have a choice of three to choose from, and this is the first generation, I think, all the starters have been genuinely pretty cute. Uh, so genuinely pretty awesome. So we have um, Spigotito, who is the grass cat. Um, that was my standout from the reveal trailer when they had them on the whiteboard, like the three different designs. That is the cat that, that all the, the starters are yet. 
I like the look of that. Uh, I got Frey Coco, the fire croc. Um, very, very cute and comedic. Um, especially on the scene, just when you're about to pick your starter, um, just the way they, it kind of interacts with like an apple it finds. Um, and yeah, it's just like how the starters interact with each other at that point. Um, yeah, I just found it super cute. And then you have Craxley, who is water duck Pokemon, so very much kind of a crift hair. Um, very stylish kind of duck. Um, yeah, uh, they are all pretty awesome looking starters. Like one of the most interesting generations for a while. Um, Sword and Shield, I think, had interesting starters as well, to be fair. The score by Subble and Grookey. Um, well, obviously, I think score by was kind of like a clear favourite for a lot of people in Sword and Shield. Um, I know Subble and Grookey have both got their fans, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think this generation has been a lot tighter for people to pick their starter. And I've seen a few people on like YouTube and stuff like that say they found it really tough um, choosing a starter out of what they had or like out of the three for this game. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the kind of story is set into three, uh, it's split into three and you kind of do bits of all of them as you go around. It's completely up to you what order you do you can either do like all of one story then go back around the map and do the next story then back around again doing a third story or you can just go from space to place to place on the map um, exploring around and doing your kind of working for it at your leisure and however you want um, there are certain bits that don't kind of level to where you are so there are some areas where you probably need to be a bit stronger before you go near them um which is a bit of an unfortunate thing but um but i guess it's like level scaling wasn't something that kind of really for example you can go into certain gyms and have a big challenge if you do them early and you're meant to um but the three different story paths you have are victory road which is the the gyms um, so similar to Sword and Shield you get a gym challenge you have to complete before you can face off against the gym master um, nothing too super complex so far from what I've played uh, one was rolling olives to a certain place one was collecting some flora Pokemon um, and one was looking around trying to find Something like a where's Wally kind of situation. Um, so yeah, so nothing overly complex. And I think the unfortunate thing is they don't take place in the gym. Um, again, harking back to Pokemon Sword and Shield. You had the stadium, so the gym changes normally inside the stadium. And then you went out to the main kind of pitch to... Face against, face off against the train, the master, gym master. Um, 
so yeah um that's how gyms pretty work pretty much work um obviously you got the terrestrializing thing which can be just happen wherever um but we'll talk through the terrestrializing bit later on um the next story i'm going to talk about is the path of titans which is where you are enrolled by arvin rather students at the school <clears throat> he is on the hunt for Herba Mystica, which are basically mystical herbs or like legendary and like rumored or like fabled herbs that can increase your Pokemon strength and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, um, the, through this, you have to find five different what are called Titan Pokemon, which are Pokemon that have been ex- exposed to these herbs. And defeat them and find out where the herbs are. Um, interesting about these kind of time Pokemon is each time you do it, each time you get access to a different herb, you can kind of, or you you do unlock um, abilities for your um, legendary Pokemon, which is Coridon and Miraidon. Um, obviously, you meet them very close to beginning of the game which is something that's been in the trailers and you use them as your transport around Paldea um so yeah through doing this you can explore around and ride around on the on the legendaries um but their skill set is pretty limited to first get them so obviously getting these different herbs does unlock different things you can do um the two titans I've done so far unlocked uh, a dash so you can move around the map a bit faster and um, swimming so I can now kind of travel across water with the um, legendary Pokemon. And the third storyline is Starfall Street which is taking on the villainous team for this game which is Team Star. As it's kind of very school set, um, you have got kind of uh, school bullies basically. So Team Star is quite a big team and they kind of split amongst different camps. So you have to take on the camps using the kind of what they call let's go function where you press the R button and it kind of lets... uh, Pokemon in your party go out and attack things on their own. Um, the R, the Let's Go thing is pretty cool. They can just let you walk around with you. They'll take on any Pokemon that they find. They'll pick up any items they find. Um, so it's a pretty cool mechanic. So it leaves you to explore whilst your Pokemon takes on kind of Pokemon on the field, stuff like that. Um, so that is pretty interesting. A nice little mechanic, um, but it does come into its own Starfall Street where you have to take out hordes of Pokemon. Normally, you can only have one Pokemon out on a Let's Go thing, but with these uh, Team Star bases, you can have up to th- up to three. So, it does mean that it makes it a bit more kind of interesting, and uh, you have to be more careful about who your first three Pokemon your party is going into it. So you can make sure that you've got the right typing to take on the um, the Team Star Pokemon, basically. Um, 
Now there is some more kind of post or like end game story kind of uh, Professor Chiro in um, Pokemon Violet, which I'm playing, or Professor Sada in Pokemon Violet, uh, Pokemon Scarlet, sorry. Um, they are doing research in the uh, crater in the centre of Paldea. Um, so I think a lot of what we're doing is going to lead towards that. Um, and be interesting to see how that end game, or like the end of the game, plays out. Whether it's like a combination of all three stories, or whether it kind of you can get there beforehand. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about things I like about the games because um, there is a lot to like in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, like I say, the open world pod day is great. Um, it's a wide range of things to do, lots of different shops you can explore. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to. Um, to do basically um alongside the three kind of stories you have also got school um where you can go and attend lessons or classes and play out kind of similarly to the persona 5 lessons where you kind of go to a class which takes a couple of minutes um normally get asked i think this is just a question whether you normally get a couple of questions in uh persona 5 um yeah you can get asked questions um and you get like experience for getting the correct answer stuff like that um i think you can increase your likeness of finding kind of shinies and kind of you get like knowledge points and little bonuses for completing the lessons um yeah so that's pretty cool um so I do really love the world. Terrestrializing, I think, is a fantastic feature. The fact that you can add a different class to your Pokemon, or different type, sorry. Um, so yeah, there are some really cool kind of things to look at there. Um, the, the different types, I think it looks really cool. And I think it just looks really good. Um, especially if you just open uh, back they go out in the open you have all the lighting effects on the floor around you, it looks pretty cool um, the terror raid battles look fantastic especially the catching animation if you defeat the terror raid battle and you go and catch the Pokemon um, the animation there looks pretty awesome um, Picnics I think is a bit of a weird I've done it a few times um I think it's kind of weird just getting used to it, but it's a nice little mechanic to have. Um, yeah, so the picnics, you basically... All your Pokemon come out, you can play with balls, you can make sandwiches, cut out the curries from Pokemon Sword and Shield. But you can make sandwiches. Um, this is where the game's breeding um, thing comes in as well. Um... So, like, if you breed, you want to breed Pokemon, this is all done through the picnics. Um, you have a little basket on the floor that eggs can appear in um, while you're having your picnic. Sometimes, depending what sandwich you make, can depend on what you get, if anything, in the basket. Um, for instance, I recently, the last night I was playing it, and 
made a jam, made a jam sandwich, um, and ate it, and then randomly had five Pokemon eggs appear in my basket, which was kind of really weird. I hadn't found anything in the previous couple of um, picnics I've had. So yeah, that was kind of an interesting mechanic there. Um, still pretty cool though. Um, I do like the gameplay. I think the gameplay runs pretty smoothly. Um, for the most part anyway. But the yeah, mechanics seem to work quite well. Um, but there are some kind of issues. Um, different environments look okay. Some are more exciting than others. Depending on what you like in terms of. Biomes and environments. Um, I'm going to move them out a bit more to what I don't like. Um, this kind of is a lot to do with performance of the game. So there are certain points where the frame rate isn't great. There's some really choice camera angles and kind of glitches, especially if you're kind of battling on hills or slopes, where I'll just try to cut through the, the ground and it just won't look good, won't look right. Um, so I think the camera angle in some battles is completely broken. Um, it just doesn't look great. Uh, the frame rate, yeah, like I say, can absolutely tank. One of the best examples I've got of this is when I was doing the uh, grass gym. I had to go and collect these Sunflora Pokemon. So I was literally kind of running around the map collecting them and it just got so laggy. Like, with these Pokemon following behind me, like, the frame rate was atrocious. Um, I know it doesn't need to happen to everyone, so I think they have said there are issues with, like, memory leaks in the code, so basically, if you guys are actually supposed to save the game, exit out, then exit back into or then enter back into it, and that should sort that out. Um, but it is just a bit of a hassle, a bit of annoyance, having to kind of do that to try and improve your gameplay experience. Um, but to be fair, it had been a while since I'd exited out the game. I had just been putting it into going to home but not actually closing down the game. Um, so that could be... I might find the fact that I hadn't closed down the game recently. But again, you shouldn't really have to. You should be able to just jump into your game. Um, yeah, I think some of the... Things I don't like. It just kind of... Sounds a bit unclear where you to go. Like, you can set a destination on the map. But then try to work out a way to get there. Um, especially before you start unlocking some of the abilities through the Path of Titans. Um, you want to try and go somewhere, but you try and find a way to get there. Um, by doing that, I end up somewhere I shouldn't be yet. I end up going right next to the Pokemon League. Um... So first I've got a couple of trainers on the way out to Pokemon League. Oh yeah, it's fine. Beating them. And the one just outside the building absolutely ruined me. Um, even though I could see the Pokemon Center straight ahead, it sent me right back to the previous Pokemon Center I've been to, which was miles away on the map. So like it was literally kind of... Whereas you have a like, good 20 minutes, half hour journey in game like in real life game time so even though there was a Pokemon Center literally straight ahead of me on the map 
like I could see it from where I was battling this trainer that wiped me out. Um, it just sent me miles back. Um, so yeah, I wasn't exactly happy with that because it's meant I'd backtracked on a lot of exploration and journeying that I'd already done. Um, you do have like flying taxis and stuff like that, so you can uh, fast travel effectively, but it's only place you've been before. Um, so you can't use that to get to destinations you haven't really been yet. Um, but yeah, so I end up just doing all that, getting right out, then get sent right back to the Pokemon Center, then having to fast travel back to an area near where I was. Um, but yeah, that was a, a little bit frustrating for me, unfortunately. Um, interesting I'm going to look at is things I missed from previous games. Um, so something that was in the previous games that I kind of missed this time, this time around. Um, for me, it kind of comes down to a couple of areas and a couple of things, really. Um, based on for the previous games that I've played. Uh, first up is the gyms. I kind of miss the stadiums from Pokemon Sword and Shield. They felt like much more of an event. <coughs> uh, the challenges felt a bit more contained, probably isn't the right word, but a bit more relevant, a bit more kind of, rather than going around the town trying to collect things, it was a bit more kind of solving puzzles or Working your way through the stadium to get to the to the pitch. Type your face off. Um, yeah, so I kind of wish the stadiums were a thing again. Because um, I just felt like it was a big more, bit more um, of an event. A bit more kind of boss battle kind of thing. Um so yeah, I do kind of really miss the stadium aesthetic to the, the gyms. Um, and the closest I've got so far is Electric Gym, Ryono, who's like a a streamer, so to speak. So, because um, you're in like quite a big futuristic city, it kind of felt a bit like that. But it wasn't in the stadium, it's kind of like a rooftop. Um it will look like a kind of rooftop setting. Um, but yeah, um, for me, I'd love to have seen the stadiums come back from Sword and Shield and that kind of aesthetic for the gyms. Um, not that they haven't got their own charm and their own way of doing things in our region, like some of the battle areas are quite nice, but they seem to be kind of um, kind of like almost like a, a battle mat on top of a raised up building or a rooftop so it's kind of a bit different but kind of lacking the spectacle for want of a better word from Sword and Shield and I did play quite a bit of Legends Arceus earlier in the year absolutely loving this that game um I kind of miss the agile, um, strong mechanic where you could mix your moves up. Um, I think I just liked how the battles played out in Legend Arceus a bit more. Um, 
I also miss the crafting and the fact you can just throw Pokemon to try and catch... Uh, throw Pokeballs to try and catch, po catch Pokemon in the wild without having to battle them. Um, so I think they could have implemented a bit more of the Legends Arceus playstyle a little bit. That would have kind of made... I'm not saying enjoy it more, but I think that kind of... I'd be a bit happier of how it played, um, really, but... Um, yeah, like Legends Arceus, I think, got it spot on in terms of gameplay. Um, how the battles worked, the strong and agile styles. Um, definitely things that I kind of wish we could mess around with in uh, Legends Arceus. Or uh, in uh, Scarlet and Violet, sorry, getting my, names, my games mixed up. Um, yeah, we could have had that kind of battle system. I think that would have been fantastic. Um, and yeah, just the, the ability to, to go around catching Pokemon like you did in Arceus, where you didn't necessarily have to battle them, you could just throw your Pokeball and try your luck. Um, has seemed to work so well. Um, but yeah. That is kind of what I kind of missed from previous games in relation to uh, Scarlet and Violet. I know they do kind of review, move forward, add new things, take things away. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, but I just kind of can't help but think that maybe with those mechanics it could have been a bit of a tighter, more enjoyable experience for me. Um and I just wanted that spectacle because, okay, the trestalizing looks fantastic. But I would love to have seen that in, like, a stadium environment. Okay, they don't. Gigantamax is not going to be on the same scale like big kaiju trestalized Pokemon in the stadiums. But I think it still could have looked pretty cool. Um, it's made it feel a bit more of an event rather than a few people standing around a kind of battle court on a rooftop somewhere. Um... But yeah, by real conclusion, I am very much enjoying my time with Pokemon Violet. Um, the characters are great. Nimona, the rival's interesting. Very battle-mad. She loves Pokemon battles. Um, Penny's an interesting character. Uh, there's a few people you're not entirely sure who they are, probably. Especially the stage where I am. Um, so there's people who I think there could be potentially more to. Um, I've not actually met the professor yet. It's all been through kind of like phone calls and like Zoom calls. So it's rather interesting that your main professor of the game, you don't actually meet face to face in the first part of the game at least. Um, Arvin's interesting. Um, I would be the second Titan. You do kind of start getting a story of what's going on with him, or at least the second Titan in terms of where I'm playing. <clears throat> um, not sure if the, if the scenes change out much depending on where you are in the game or whether it's the same kind of um, set set pieces and cutscenes for each kind of Titan and each kind of no matter what order you play you get that particular cutscene the other thing I have picked up on which is actually pretty cool is the customization or customer characterization is a lot more in depth than previous games. 
so much you can change, um, which I do, which probably shouldn't mean what I like, the fact you can change around so much. But one cool little thing I've noticed is, depending on what hair colour you go for, that actually affects the look of your mum. Um, I noticed that when I was watching Matt from Game Junkies play, his mum had brown hair, and his character had brown hair, whereas I've gone blonde for my character, and my mum's hair was blonde. So it's just nice how that kind of change can affect stuff, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I think it is a very... Um, good entry to the Pokemon series. I think performance issues are annoying. It does lay it down. But it's not anything that's made the game unplayable. Or it's like, no, I'm not going to play this. Um, I'm still very much looking forward to carrying on and going through and progressing through the stories. Um, but yeah, um, ultimately I think it could have been a bit more enjoyable for me if they kept the stadiums and they'd kept a lot of the Arceus mechanics. I know they probably are kind of differentiating the, Ar- the Legends series from the Mainline series, so it's probably something they'll keep in the Legends series, but for someone who's really enjoyed that play style, it kind of feels a bit kind of... Oh, I missed that. kind of wish that was still here. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think Pokemon Scarlet Violet are very much worth checking out. I know they are looking at... Um, <clears throat> continuing to make fixes. Nintendo have said that publicly, that they are taking on board the feedback from players and working to improve the games. So hopefully that will see meaning, meaningful improvements in uh, the quality of the game and how well it runs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when those kind of patches start taking effect. Um, but yeah, if I was going to wait the game, I think I'll go 8 out of 10. Um, very enjoyable experience, a lot of fun, but kind of, for me, a couple of niggling bugbears that don't ruin the game for me, but kind of make me kind of not, kind of, like, it's not going to be top tier for me. Um, but like I say, I am very much enjoying it, and if they do manage to get the improvements out there, I think that will really help. I think the game will would definitely help, would definitely benefit from that. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up my review for Pokemon Violet. Um, let me know, message me, have you been playing the game? What do you think of it? Um, do you agree with my kind of takeaways? Is there anything that you've disagree with? Anything you like more than I've said? Um, yeah, do let me know. Obviously, I have been playing uh, quite a bit of Pokemon Violet recently. Bayonetta 3 is still getting a bit of rotation. Uh, Splatoon 3, I've done a couple of online stuff. I've still not started the story mode, so I need to start doing that. Hopefully, get some video of the, the single-player campaign. Um, Sonic Frontiers, I've been given a bit more gameplay time to. Absolutely enjoying it. I'm on the second island. I do need to dive back into that and kind of keep going. Um... And yeah, Tetris 99, Animal Crossing, the usual suspects still on my list. Um, a little bit of Forza Horizon 5, been playing around on that. Um, but yeah, if you are kind of want to hear more about Pokemon, make sure you check out the Game Junkies podcast coming up. Um, they have got some fun stuff coming up, and I think they've got an interesting way of looking at Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and potentially reviewing them, so that'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, 
yeah, they really should release every other weekend. So the alternate weekends for me, so it should be landing next week. Um, and also they got the Dungeons and or Dungeon Junkies podcast, which is their Dungeons and Dragons. Um, very much a lot of fun. I know they have just recorded the end of the current season of Edenoy, which is Matt's campaign. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it is going to be something that's I don't think anyone's ever done in D and D before, or I know of anyway. So it's going to be pretty spectacular and pretty kind of mind blowing. I think potentially. So mostly checking out the, the Dungeon Junkies podcast and their um, and their uh, campaigns because there's a lot of fun, a lot of craziness. Um, I've been invited to take part in the Christmas special, so we've got all that kind of stuff that we are kind of getting um, set in place. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, but yes, I want to say thank you for listening if you still are. As always, you can find me on Twitter at ChrisLewis37 and you can uh, find my YouTube, youtube.com ChrisReactor one so OR at the end. Um, I do post all my videos onto Twitter, so if you find my Twitter, you'll be able to find my YouTube. Obviously, please do like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube, get those videos in rotation, be really, massively appreciated. And yeah, until later, guys, thank you for listening to Still Art, and speak to you soon. Bye. Podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.